Welcome to another episode of Peers Over Beers, your favorite digital and social evangelist podcast with your industry veteran hosts, Chris Tetzel. This podcast starts now. So welcome to another Peers Over Beers. I'm Chris Detzel and Scott Wilder. Scott Wilder, you're back for another Peers Over Beers with no beers. Yeah, I felt a little thirsty, so I thought it was time to come back and uh, enjoy, <laughs> enjoy the show. Yeah, yeah, I always enjoy having you on the show, Scott, so I appreciate you coming. Anytime, um, anytime. You know, we were talking a little bit about uh, on the pre-show is how to scale and also how to embed yourself into other teams, especially if you're part of the team. So uh, I wanted to get some of your thoughts around that because, you know, I'm, I'm, I struggle sometimes, believe it or not, just like other community leaders. And so I thought I would throw this out to you. How does that sound? That sounds great. Uh, Seatbelt fastened. I'm ready to, to drive. All right. Well, here goes. <laughs> <laughs> so um, w- w- one thing I wanted to just point out. So for some of your folks uh, who are listening, watching, et cetera. So um, Crowdvocate, where I work, has been rebranded. Oops, there we go. Yeah. Um, and so now we're called Base. So just okay. to let everybody know, and you can find us at base.ai. So just a little, uh, you have, you know, you plug your beer, beer mugs, I'm plugging base. Hey, no worries. I mean, that's what it's for. Is, was there a big reason for that or one you can discuss or no? Sure, sure. So I think one thing is a base kind of rolls off your tongue uh, more than the word crowdvocate. Mm-hmm. Um, and crowdvocate, you know, the way the word that is constructed, it's a great name, um, but, it, you know, it implies advocacy and there's just so much more than we do that we do besides advocacy. I mean, basically we're powering your whole uh, customer life cycle um, mm-hmm. and all the different areas that, you know, are, are part of that. So, you know, for example, you know, uh, camp tracking, analyzing um, all the different activities you have all across the customer's, you know, journey, right. It can involve advocacy, uh, can involve references, referrals, uh, um, case studies, c- customer stories, et cetera. So it's just thinking much broader. And then also, you know, we really believe in this customer-led growth approach and yep. uh, customer base. Base is customer the place. Base. Start with Got your it. customers. Imagine that. <laughs> I like it. I, I like it a lot now that you explained it. Uh, yeah, I saw the background and I was like, what's base mean? And then you told me during the pre-show. So uh, that, that's exciting. It's, uh, I like the name customer base, but... I get that. So, um, so did, did anything change like from your team or anything like that? Or was it just pretty much just a rebranding and, and things? It was just a rebranding. Um, you know, my team, uh, I think we talked about earlier on is, uh, you know, titles aside, but title is, you know, I focus on customer team is focused on customer engagement, but internally, since we like four letter words, um, we call ourselves the care team. And so we're focused on community Advocacy, resources, and education. C A R E. So like that's pre- that charter is pretty much the same. Um, focused on enabling people to, you know, master our products, obviously, but really master their craft and accelerate their careers. It's all about helping, you know, all boats rise with the tide. I think yes, with the tide. And so basically, um, we're focused on really leading the customer-led growth um, industry. Cool, cool. Um, that's, that is really cool. Maybe we'll have to get deep into uh, next time, kind of what exactly your team's doing and, and, and uh, you know, because I, I'm, I'm highly interested in that. 
but we won't do that today. Um, so today, I want to kind of talk about you know these, this one person team. You know, and, and today, even for me at Reltio, you know, I run the community, I run our Reltio Executive Council, and then I'm starting to kind of think about customer led growth in a bigger way and an and opportunity there. But I also report directly into marketing. Back in November, I moved to the marketing team from our customer uh, team. So I used to report into the chief customer officer. Now I report into um, the chief marketing officer. You know, and it was a big change for me uh, because I'm used to being part of the customer org. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, and so a big shift for me because now I still think about the customer in big ways and, and how, how they, and, and ed- education and, and things like that and how they use our products, get, getting the most out of the products and things like that. But sometimes um, it doesn't, it doesn't bode well, but, you know, marketing is all about the top of the funnel. I mean, that's in general, that's kind of what we're focused in on. And, and I'm not <laughs> necessarily, <laughs> you know, I'm not, I mean, that's not where my mindset is. is so how do I kind of, think that way and how do I embed myself into the marketing organization? Even if I can say, you know, I've got all these really cool things that say, you know, when people when people engage into the community, they buy more, they, you know, engage, you know, the more they're engaged, they, you know, they tell others about, you know, their, uh, the product, they do a lot of different things from a, you know, renewal standpoint, from a, you know, higher renewal rate type stuff, even, um, when you think of case deflection, but none of that is marketing per se. You know what I mean? Like that's some other organization. Um, and so I just wanted to kind of, one, thinking about the three things that I own or at least two and a half. Uh, and then, you know, how do you do, how do you kind of, um, you know, do either stop doing certain things or how do you do it all as a one person team and maybe help get resources um, you know, in different ways when you can't hire. And then two is how do you embed yourself into the uh, marketing organization when your focus has been more of the customer type stuff? Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. So um, a few thoughts, you know, um, what you were saying about being in marketing and not focused as much on the top of the funnel, you know, so more and more, and historically, I think we all know that, you know, most of the money goes to the acquisition top of the funnel demand yeah. gen, but that's right. changing. You know, Forrester's come out with some really interesting recent, you know, data, come out with some data recently, you know, where historically maybe 20%, 30% of the money went to retention, um, but we're getting to 50-50. And I think, you know, in these economic times, you know, where um, people are strapped, et cetera, um, it's, it's accelerating. So COVID, the economy, all obviously related, but all that's accelerating that companies are putting more and more energy into that upsell, cross-sell um, awareness. And in doing that, um, they realize that it's really important to build those relationships with customers and using a community-led play um, is really key. So I actually think you're in a really good situation. Um, and you might say that, you know, community is not part of top of the funnel. Now, i I forget that if you guys have a closed community or not, but there's so nope. many people. It's open. Okay, open. So there's so many people that I talk to, you know, when they're interested in, say, a HubSpot product, um, you know, they'll go to the HubSpot, they'll get a free account, they'll go to the HubSpot community, and they'll kind of learn that way about what yep. support they're going to get from others. So there is a, a really, so I guess the first thing is that um, more, you know, retention and um, 
you know, customer-led plays are getting more money. And it's two, two is that I think that a community does have a big um, opportunity to help top of the funnel because more and more people are saying, you know, I don't really trust the company, what they say. So they're going to go to G2, they're going to go to Trust Radius, but they're also going to go to the community to see like, you know, what the issues are there, right? And yep. the savvy people will do a search or two and figure out like, okay, these are the top issues. How can I deal with it? It's kind of like, you know, when you buy a product on Amazon, you know, um, I always check the one star, two stars before the five stars, because I yeah, want to know the bad before the good, um, so I to do speak. That too. So I think, you know, it is a, a great opportunity, you know, resources are tighter. Um, and so if I kind of think about that as well, um, I'm kind of used to that play. You know, I think yeah. in my last company, I was spoiled by um, all the different community moderators we had, et cetera. Mm. But when I was at Marketo, um, you know, we had a hundred thousand uh, people in the community <laughs> and we had one community manager and mm. me. And yes, Liz, who was the community manager, had a lot of superpowers. She's great. She's at Airtable now doing customer marketing. But um, she was very good at really partnering with the champions, the heavy users, the experts um, in building out that community, what basically became the marketing nation. Hmm. So, you know, we can talk about organization resources, but the step before that is, you know, figuring out how you partner with your customers or the people who are active in the community to help build that community. You know, a term I use a lot is co-piloting, um, you know, with those folks. And uh, they're not all going to say, you know, great things about you, but that's learning opportunities. So I think, you know, Chris, if you're, you know, a one-man show, yeah, um, you know, you've been in the space for a while. So, you know, you know how to figure out and identify those champions, but- sure. um, Consider them your, you know, your external team um, and figure out how you can, you know, work with them to build, build out the community. And then you get into, well, what's it, what's in it for them, right? And then the intrinsic and extrinsic uh, benefits as well. Um, but certainly at Marketo, incredible marketing nation champion group that are still really close. Um, when I was at Intuit, we called them all-stars. That was earlier this century. And then... Um, you know, certainly at HubSpot as well. I think, you know, the community has always wrestled with resources, right? Even, yeah. and I think, you know, we kind of got ahead of ourselves in the last year where everybody was saying community-led growth, community-led growth, yeah, yeah, yeah. we're going to get more money. And I think the economy has kind of reminded us that it's still difficult to get those resources. And, right. you know, teams are being cut back because of that. And um, so you need to, so at least the third question you asked is like, so how do you, you know, how do you, how do you get uh, SHIT done? How do you get things done? And um, that's where, you know, prioritization is really important, um, internal mm -hmm. alignment. And, um, you know, we can talk a little bit more about how to work, you know, with your organization. So that's very well said. I think um, when you're talking about, alignment and internal, you know, uh, kind of, you mentioned prioritization, which I think is key, but it's, it's hard. It's really hard for me to say, well, I, I got to stop doing this. You know what I mean? Uh, so sometimes when you prioritize, what, what is it that you're trying to accomplish at the end of the day? And if it's, you know, look, community still needs to build. It's only a year old. I still need to kind of nurture it, push it. And like you said, even start building relationships to maybe even 
get some of these users uh, engaged more and, and really start, you know, uh, getting their opinions on certain things and to see where we can go next and, and that kind of stuff. But uh, uh, when you're, so the positive about the Relteo community internally is that there's a lot of buy-in, if you will, or a lot of um, interest and, and people get, I say, get it. They, they understand that, you know, um, that uh, they're excited about it still. So the reason I hesitate is because, when, when you're not putting money or resources or things like that towards something that you know has had a lot of success, then you kind of wonder, um, I kind of wonder like, where's the organization's head? You know, or, where are they thinking? If they don't want to understand, you know, times are tough, but sometimes you're like, well, you know, <laughs> but you're still hiring for this thing. You know what I mean? Like, um, and so sometimes you kind of wonder like, have you done enough? And, and, and a lot of times I think, man, maybe I haven't, you know, maybe, you know, I need to kind of continue to kind of push at the top. Like, so for example, we have a new chief revenue officer and, uh, you know, I think there's a huge opportunity because now he owns, he owns the entire sales team, but he owns anything that just, you know, focuses on revenue. So PS, he also owns CSMs. So all of that organization piece. And so I'm thinking, damn, you know, like I need to start building a relationship with that guy, you know what I mean? And start trying to, you know, uh, trying to understand kind of where he's coming from and, and things like that. So I know I derailed it a little bit, but um, would love to kind of think about, so one, I'm in marketing and the opportunity to really uh, start talking to the CRO is a really good opportunity because, you know, sales and marketing like this or should be like this, you know, uh, working hand in hand or try to be. So what are your thoughts around a new CRO coming in and, and how, you know, I can, you know, go to him and talk to him about community. Like, yeah, know, what's the opportunity there? He's new. Yeah, I think the first thing is um, get to know him obviously or her. And then two is, um, and that sounds really simple, but you know, that relationship is going to be important, but find out yeah. what's, you know, really what's winning it for them. What's their goals? What are they trying to solve for? What are their, you know, I don't know if you have company-wide OKRs, you know, we have that we here. And so, yep. you know, I know what's, you know, at the end of the day, what's going to solve it for him. And so, you know, if you can find that out and then figure out how community can support that, um, you know, if they have a customer success, if they have a customer success background, right? So they're trying to build those relationships. So one thing is like community helps you scale from one to one to one to many. Two is um, enablement is really important to him, but it's really hard for, you know, I'm, I'm reading this great new book. Somebody just gave it to me. I, I met the, where, oh, great new book, Here. advertisement. Oh, you can't see it. So it's called Enablement Mastery by Eli Cohen, a CEO of Saleshood, who I met at, yesterday. Um, but in reading that, you know, it, we, you know, we talk about like, you know, enablement's a real challenge. And so and that's you know what a success what a CRO can be focused on or somebody in the organization. So community can help with that, right? Again, going yeah. back to the the champions, those are the people who can help. You know, um, people onboarding, for example, they can provide best practices. So you're really trying to find out like, you know, what their OKRs are, what their priorities are, and then figure out how community works into that. And then um, you know, just say to him, you know, look. I need your support. I mean, I'd be transparent. Like I need your support. Um, let's start with like one priority first. 
Yeah. You know, like, like onboarding, there's so many things that community can do to help, you know, a customer onboard with a product, uh, you know, at, at Intuit, for example, uh, we had the luxury of embedding community inside the product. I know, man. It's and, beautiful. Right. And it's like, that's the one of the holy grails and it's amazing. And, you know, the 20 years I've been doing this, um, I've only seen like maybe two companies really do that. And it's crazy because like take TurboTax, for example, um, very complex, you know, everybody hates taxes. It's complex. Yep. But as you go through the workflow, um, you can talk to an accountant uh, live or asynchronously um, who can guide you through the, the process and through the product, right? I mean, that's incredibly powerful. Um, it takes a while to get there. But the point being is that if, in the, you know, onboarding, I'm just picking onboarding is, you know, really key for that, that person, um, for that CRO, then, you know, you can make the argument about how community can help, you know, a little thing about onboarding here. So he might say, well, wait, how does that tie to revenue? Um, when I was at Adobe, um, I was put on this cross-functional team to work on the first mile, which was, um, onboarding in the first 30 days. I was like, wow, 30 days, man. I could like, you know, fly across the world, come back. You know, I mean, that's like 30 days to me is a lifetime, you know, think about it when you're, you know, when I met my wife, if I took 30 days to realize to continue that, like I knew right away. So that maybe that's how I'm built. So, um, (laughs) So we changed that to um, what we did is said within the first 24 hours, we would know if a customer was going to stick with us and what that value would be of the customer. And so, you know, if you can incorporate community into that onboarding play and say, and tell the CRO that this is going to have a revenue impact, and maybe you can model that out depending on your resources, then that person's probably, the CRO is going to be in. Like, he's like, oh, yeah. okay, you made that case, but you have to get aligned with him um, in that. And then, you know, alignment is um, the new strategy. It's really difficult. Um, I can talk a little bit about organization alignment with other parts of the company, but yeah, I'll stop, I'll stop there. So I think that's really important. Find out what's, what makes him tick, what's going to make him happy. I guess that's the answer for all of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's kind of the formula for each and every one, right? Like each, leader. I like the idea of uh, just kind of going back to TurboTax. And that's the example I show. I even do a little demo about um, not how community is embedded directly into TurboTax and how you can go in there and ask a question inside of TurboTax. Now, they do have a community that you can go to community.turbotax or whatever it is, uh, but you could ask a question and then boom, it posts it to the community. You can email directly, right? And the email says, hey, you post the community, you know, and then when you get an answer, you get an email saying you get an answer. And then um, and generally it's one of the, the users that answered it or somebody that's getting a bunch of points or whatever, because you see it. I, I've seen it like it says so-and-so is an expert or whatever the title is, you know, and then they answered it. Right. Like I was like, dude, it only took like an hour <laughs> in that case. Right. Yeah. yeah. I was like, this is. It's not just that it's embedded in the product. It's also embedded into the users that they actually answer the questions extremely fast, yeah. you know, because they're rewarded and recognized. You know, I don't know the whole program, but it was pretty awesome because because I, show, I showed it, you know, and I still show the demo to the product, the VP of our product teams and even anybody that listens, I, I, I shoot that over 
and I even made the made the um, we did this uh, not to get completely off, but we did this hackathon uh, last year, and I worked with our um, person that runs UX and design within the product because mm-hmm. one of the things that he wanted to do was kind of this self help uh, chat bot type thing. And I said, perfect. I said, you and I should work together because I think community could be a big part of that. You know, and so we put together this whole deck and we we spent literally hours uh, on this deck and made it kind of really um, look really good. And, everything. you know, he's a designer, so he made it really look good and all this stuff animated. We couldn't do a demo demo because, you know, we didn't have a developer to do it, but he still made it look pretty cool just inside the presentation. And at the end of the day, uh, we came out with an outcome of we could save from a self-help or from a support standpoint, we could save $3 million within three years of just answering those quick hit questions. We didn't get picked. We didn't, I mean, we got looked up and nothing. And I'm like, you know, because it's a develop a hackathon was a developer thing, but it was yeah. a nice way to one create this really cool PowerPoint that shows what you can do. Cause now I can take it to different people in the org and, and show, you know, the value of, what a community can bring, right? You know, and so, although I thought that was really cool because I've been trying to push for product, um, you know, because uh, that is the holy grail is pushing uh, community into the product directly. For some reason, it's very hard because they have other priorities. You know, they want to build this feature in the product. You know, self-help yeah. is like, eh, yeah, but, you know, we got other shit to do. So, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I hear you. Uh, it's definitely... Um, I'm surprised more companies don't focus on that because, you know, they keep pushing features, but 80% of those features are not going to be used. (laughs) Right. And so why not have the community help with the discoverability of those features, for example. Um, But, you know, somebody higher on the food chain than us, will we'll figure that out. But design is really important. And, um, you know, I was talking to Bill Johnson, who's definitely a, a thought leader in the space, and uh, he's got a background in design. I think, you know, design gets, um, last time we talked, I said, integrating your employees into the community process is not something that people focus on enough. And so this week, I'll talk about how the whole design aspect and really putting a lot of energy into design. And um, at Intuit, we used uh, this initiative, and you can Google it, called Design for Delight which were really small teams, um, even before growth squads, um, small teams that focused on um, the design aspect, but it wasn't just kind of what you see uh, design. It was really, again, partnering with customers to figure out how to really improve the UX experience. Mm. And um, it's outdated. I have a great slide somewhere of um, when I worked on the Intuit site, I show the, in my 10 years there, um, all the different homepages we have all the um, research we got from uh, focus groups and usability studies on them. And then we made the changes that we learned from customer interactions, the, um, the improvement overall. So we quantify that. So I think as community people, we, we don't put enough energy into design. Now, part of that is because of the platforms, right? The platforms yeah. are kind of limited um, in terms of what you can do from design, unless you have money, and can, you know, do a lot of customization. But I think that's, you know, if if I look into my crystal ball and say, you know, some opportunities for the next few years, operations is one, design is another, employee engagement is another. 
Yeah, you know, I, I remember Rich Mullington writing some stuff or at least posting something on Twitter talking about, you know, a homepage of um, any online community, right? Like what's, who is coming to your homepage? It's probably the people that, one, want to see new content on a consistent basis, right? And then, you know, how do you design it that way? Because a lot of people that do come to your community is probably searching on Google if it's open and uh, coming to some other page that is, you know, with a Q&A or a blog or whatever you're doing, you know, so even designing for that. So there's a lot of things that you can design for, but there's a few things there is one is, you know, uh, you could have a resource to help design it. The platforms, some can do it and some can't. So for example, like Higher Logic, I'm not sure how you can design the home pages, whatever you like. Like, I mean, there's a lot of things you can do there, but to design a discussion page, there's not a lot of flexibility that I know of in that kind of stuff. So, you know, I think you're limited. And then the other thing is trying to find budget for design specifically. Like I agree, I agree with that so much that, but you know, like for me, it's like, well, do I spend a lot of time designing this or do I have another program that I need to do a webinar and create content for and all these other kinds of things? It's, it's a yeah. hard balance. You know what I mean? Yeah. You got to, you know, prioritization, you know, my wife is always like, no, not another project. So I have this uh, <laughs> met metaphor, if I use, called the virtual garage. It's getting crowded in there. Um, so I had to build an add-on to that virtual garage. But that's where I store <laughs> you know, ideas for projects and things like that. And you know, there's plenty of time to get to, get to stuff. You, you said the homepage. So I, I, you know, I, I've read some of the stuff you were referring to, um, you know, preaching to the choir here. So Google... Um, Community is great for SEO. Yep. Um, but what we all figure out pretty quickly is, you know, in my last job, only 20, 30% went to the homepage as their first landing page, right? Yep. So it's really important to, um, and if I was quick enough, I could show an interesting graphic here. Um, maybe I'll try and dig it out while we're talking. But basically, um, the landing pages, you know, if 80% of your traffic is coming from Google. 20% of that or so is only going to go to the homepage. So That's right. really pushing the envelope on design and that initial experience on those category pages or even those discussion pages. And, you know, that's another thing that um, doesn't get talked about enough. I agree. I think that we spent so much time and I'm not saying I don't, I have to uh, thinking about what that homepage looks like. And yes, today, since we're only a little over a year old, a lot of our, uh, a big percentage of our um, uh, traffic comes directly from the main page, but that's slowly but surely going like this, right? Like homepage at first is kind of the main because people are coming from it from realtio.com or docs.realtio.com, you know, some referral traffic. But then now you're starting to see a shift. SEO has been doing this. It's, it was at the end of last year, right? Because no, you know, we didn't have any SEO juice, but now it's number two on the list. That's about to overtake you know, the, and, and at some point, you know, in the next two to three years, we'll probably be 80% of our traffic, you know, it just takes time to, to get there. But I agree. Why aren't we spending more time on and talking about those discussion pages? Uh, you know, even the, like you said, sub pages that people are coming to um, and, and, and the, the, those content pages that if, if you have an open community, people are finding through Google, right. You know, and so, yeah. Here, can yeah. I show, um, yeah. I don't know if I can share my screen. You can. 
This will be a new uh, play for you here because I don't know people sharing their screens. Can you see my screen? Yep. Yep. Okay. So this was a slide that I presented at our obsession conference. So last week we had several hundred people, um, um, three, 400 people at our obsession conference in San Francisco, focused on customer led growth. And I gave a presentation about using traditional kind of growth, uh, growth tactics, growth, uh, growth marketing, growth product marketing and building community. And I show this slide here that actually has some actual data from one of the companies I worked at. And you can see from, you know, if 80% of your traffic comes from Google, right? Only 25% went to the homepage. Yep. Right. And so, you know. Um, Which is still significant. So it's not that it's, hey, you shouldn't spend any time on it, but correct. How, much, how much time versus the discussion pages and how many, how many companies have actually spent time on the discussion pages? Some I've seen, but not a lot. I mean. Yeah. But, you know, these are usually templates. And so yeah. how do you think about those templates in terms of like a initial experience, right? Um, you know, all apartments have that back door. And so you need to be ready for them. The person comes in the back door, not the front door. <laughs> That's right. No, I, I love that slide. That's really uh, helpful. So, well, Scott, I think it's been really good. Do you want to talk about um, working with other groups in the company or? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Um, so yeah, so you um, mentioned earlier about the, you know, you talked about marketing, but uh, you also have other obviously interested stakeholders in the company, whether it's customer success, whether it's you have an education group, whether it's uh, yep. customer support. Um, you know, I've tried different models in different companies and the most successful one was when I was at, again, at Intuit where, um, you know, Liz was a one-person show running community, and um, we together developed this what we call like the captain's model, and uh, a chart that kind of looked a little bit like the chart I just showed. But basically, we identified different internal stakeholders that had an interest in community, um, anointed them captains, and really let them own the user experience in those areas of the site. We set up. We used to call ourselves the G-Man. So we set up the G's, guidelines, guardrails, and um, and some other other things, um, but like support. So we had all our support run off the community platform that was opening cases, knowledge base. So that Ken, who was head of support at the time, Ken Law, he was the captain of that and he owned that experience. And I was there to, to make sure like, you know, certain standards were kept, et cetera. Customer success is another example, Lou, ran our partner program and we actually turned the platform into a partner portal um, because it was too expensive to pay for a partner relate partner relationship management system. Right. And so Lou knows partners better than me. Um, so we all got aligned and it was kind of, you know, this um, I'll mix my metaphors here, but it was like an editorial committee. Right. And Liz and I were kind of the editors in chief, but all these people own their sports section, their arts and leisure yeah. section, et cetera. Um, and that was extremely uh, successful. And um, it's hard to do that sometimes because of personalities, like people, it's hard to do that because not everybody will get aligned and share metrics. And that's where you need your, Chris, you know, your, um, your CEO um, to support that. But we had, you know, sh really well-defined share met shared metrics for the whole project. And we met every week. Uh, this was back in the days when you did things in person. And um, <laughs> It was extremely effective. And so you don't, you know, need an army to, to build a community. 
Um, you know, we, I talked earlier about empowering your users to co-pilot and be, you know, help you develop this, this great platform, this great experience. But there's also um, the employees and making them captains and getting them aligned as well. And um, just like I said earlier, not enough work is done about like how you don't necessarily need all the employees involved and posting on the community, but employee engagement is really key. And there's a woman really named good. Keely um, who's done a lot of really interesting work around that in terms of um, the effectiveness of employee engagement. I think employee engagement is key. You know, when I go to any company like I did at Reltio, when I went to Perba and even Rexel back in the days, the first, you know, two months, or let's just say actually the first 20 days, I just started picking up, going through the um, directory and seeing, you know, uh, different people that I knew I was supposed to talk to or should talk to, an organization that's going to help me kind of be uh, successful in the community, smart people, you know, even executives. I'll just get on the phone, start talking to them. 30 minutes. I think I've talked to 40 or 50 people every single time I start a new job, you know, for the first two or three weeks. Uh, and then you got to kind of continue that on over time, but you need to find those people that are going to help you answer questions, maybe get on a webinar mm -hmm. or, you know, all those things. I like the idea of, you know, as I kind of look at Reltio, for example, um, you know, we have a partner team and I'm starting to get really close to those guys and they have their own website or a partner portal, if you will, mm -hmm. um, that, you know, there's no engagement. All they do is, you know, push out kind of sales things and whatnot, you know, just to have a place that they can do that. And I always thought, why can't we use a closed community for that? You know what I mean? Like, you, should. you know, yeah, I agree. And so maybe some opportunity there. I did talk to, I've talked to folks, but I think getting people to actually move all that content over, you know, start using uh, the community is a hard thing for them. You know what I mean? And so maybe it's kind of a, you know, well, yeah, there's, um, I don't know your ecosystem that well. Um, shame on me. Um, but, uh, you know, the partners are important. There's right. been, you know, um, um, Jill Raleigh and um, Alder, I'm spacing his name, but um, there's been some really interesting stuff. And in fact, right now in parallel, there's a conference around ecosystem. The partner play is really key. And uh, mm -hmm. it is, you know, too. I think that in the community space, it doesn't get talked about enough, you know, the, um, and it's been really key in terms of, you know, my personal success is early on getting partners involved. When I was at Google, um, the long tail of AdWords um, revenue comes from these small agencies. And so mm -hmm. we built a whole community for these AdWords agencies. I mean, there's like 50,000 of them. I just think, and uh, I mean, I'm, that's probably a hundred thousand. And uh, we built it in parallel with our small business community mm. so that they could work together. And uh, so I, I just think the partner um, ecosystem is not thought about enough from us, you know, people like us. And so for me, it's, our community has partners in there. So whenever, you know, one of the things that seems to drive a lot of our engagement discussions is the uh, the community shows that I've built, you know, so we, every week I try to have a community show around either our product, maybe some thought leadership and things like that, or new releases. And that 
does help drive. So we both have partners, customers, sometimes prospects, and of course, employees uh, get onto those. And I think yeah. that um, we can do more with our partners. In my mind, we could have that whole partner portal be on the community in, in just a space for them. You, you know what I mean? Look, partners, people think, well, partners are always kind of going, if, if it's Deloitte or Cognizant or whatever, they're always kind of going, in, well, sort of, but they still want to know best practices, how to sell, how to you know implement and those things. We use partners for both selling and implementation. That makes sense. So um, I think there's a huge opportunity to do even more and, and have that team own it, you know? I to- totally agree. And like I said, at, at HubSpot, no, at uh, Marketo, um, we actually had the partner portal on the, what was at the time, the Jive community platform. Yeah. And uh, extremely, and, you know, you can do everything. We had different tiers of partners. So obviously, you know, you can give access yeah. to certain people, whether they're gold, silver, or bronze or type of partners. Um, so I think these platform, the community platforms are well suited for that. Mm. Um, you know, I think a lot of times the question comes up about content management, because you talked about That's right. pushing content, but there's, they, they're also, there are things you can do on these platforms as well. I think it's, um, yeah, so I'm a big believer. It's great to hear that you're doing that. I'm doing some of it, but, you know, again, it's a, it's a, it's more than a one person job, right? You know, and, and so you just got to prioritize and, and see what's going to give you the most bang for your buck, but also kind of the most value to the organization at the end of the day. And, and it's a hard balance to me, you know, sometimes. Yeah. So. Well, Scott, this has been good, man. This time, I'm, uh, I know you got to get going, but uh, thanks again for coming on Peers Over Beers. I'm Chris Detzel and Scott Wilder. Thanks for coming, man. Thank you very much. Always a great conversation. I'm here if you need anything, whether it's you or anybody out there. All right.